You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. To connect with us or learn more, visit us online at ridgecrestbaptist.org. Ridgecrest family, it is so good to be with you on this Easter Sunday morning. I realize that This is a most memorable Easter, not exactly memorable as we would like it to be, but keep in mind that today, not just because of this live stream here from Ridgecrest Baptist Church, but because churches across our nation and around our world are having to do services just like this. Do you realize that more people will be hearing the gospel message than could ever fit in all the churches in the world? This is, I believe, an opportunity that God has given his church for the kingdom's sake and for the salvation of souls. Today I want to share with you the greatest hope of my life, the hope I have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the God of the living and I want to share that truth with you here today because we need that message for times such as this, for every time but especially now. And so if you have your copy of scripture, I'm going to have you turn to Mark chapter 12. We'll begin in verse 18. This is not a traditional gospel narrative of the resurrection, but it is a conversation, a debate even, between Jesus and the Sadducees. And what we find from this text is sort of the theological underpinnings, but more than that, the practical implications of what it means to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a life-changing proposition. It is a truth that all people need to hear. So let's listen to this story. And Sadducees came to him who say there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third likewise, and the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection... This is what the Sadducees are asking. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. Now notice what Jesus says. He says to them, is this not the reason you were wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised... Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. He says to the Sadducees, you are quite wrong. Dear friend, let's not get this wrong today. On this Easter Sunday, 2020, let's make sure we get this right as it relates to who Jesus is and the power of his resurrection. Let's pray. Lord, we ask in this moment that you will open our minds. We know your spirit alone can do that. Open our minds to this great truth, the truth that you died for our sins and that you rose again on that first Easter Sunday. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. This conversation between Jesus and the Sadducees reminds us that there are many skeptics in the world, many people who do not believe that the Christian message is true. 
Jesus, as he came to this earth, he did not have everyone always believing in him. In fact, what we have in this passage are skeptics, those who have questions. But in this case, we might even say that they were chiding Jesus, that they really didn't believe at all. I wanna challenge you to think about this this morning. If you are a person who is, is, is seeking truth and trying to find Jesus, find truth, find what it means to really live for God, I think if you'll open your heart today, you'll hear a powerful message from the word that can change everything. Now, the Sadducees, sad to say, seem to have all the evidence on their side, especially if you've ever gone to a funeral and stood next to a casket, or you've been in that hospital room and you've watched a loved one slowly passing away. It seems like death has all the answers in that moment. But I am reminded of a great hymn by Townend and Getty, one that we sing often in church, The Power of the Cross. My favorite line from that hymn is, death is crushed to death, life is mine to live. You see, that's the Easter message. That's the hope that we wanna share with you today. Because though it may look like death has the upper hand, it is the Easter message that says, not at all, not so fast. We have something stronger than death, and that is Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Easter is not consolation in the face of death. It is the message that death has been completely and utterly crushed. That is the message of Easter. When I think about Easter Sunday, and I think about even Christmas, when we celebrate Christmas and gather together and sing great Christmas hymns, I, I find that both of those holidays, that everybody knows them, even those who don't go to church know about Christmas and Easter, those two holidays represent our most radical truths, that, that Jesus took on flesh, the virgin birth, and that he came into this world, that God became flesh. And then here on Easter, we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. We believe in the resurrection. We believe in the virgin birth. These are radical truths. But I'm here to tell you these radical truths of Christianity have amazing practical implications for our lives. We can know because of these great doctrines, the virgin birth and the resurrection, that God loves us enough to send his son to save us and that he gives us this power of resurrection life. Those are radical doctrines that need to be lived out by the church. If you are hearing me today, if you're listening to this message, know this Christian, you have a radical faith and a radical calling to share this message with the world. That's what we want to do today is talk about this radical message that gives us the hope in the face of death. We don't have to worry about our deaths anymore. What we can do is begin to live for Jesus with all of our strength and all of our energy. I believe that's what Jesus helps us see in this passage. He helps us see that Easter truth, yeah, it'll get you to heaven, but it can also bring heaven to this earth. We need Christians filled with the power of heaven. Let's begin by thinking about the God of the living, by meditating for just a moment on what it means that life is mystery. If you look at our passage, chapter 12, and verses 18 through 23, you see that dialogue between Jesus and the Sadducees. As I've already shared with you, these men were, were not necessarily believers at all. They were very skeptical. The Sadducees would have been those who would say, uh, you've got to prove it to me, show me. Kind of like a, a precursor to scientific modernism. Those people who say, I'll only believe if you can prove it to me scientifically. There's only one problem with proving 
proving things scientifically. Not everything in this world can be proven scientifically. There are some things that are beyond objective reason. And these Sadducees, they just don't see it. How many of us in our world today have bought into the idea that we can figure everything out But I'm telling you, that very first time in your life when you go to the funeral home and you look at someone who has passed away, somebody that you loved, somebody that was unique, somebody that filled your life with joy, seeing them gone, there is no way that scientifically we can just rationalize that. And, and forget about it. No, our souls are deeper than that. Our souls long for something beyond the grave. And that's the mystery I want to share with you. Our radical faith helps us see that our, our, our faith is also one where we have to believe in mystery. We have to believe in more than we can see with our eyes. So the Sadducees, what have they done? Well, they've taken an example from uh, the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if you were a, a, a Hebrew person, you had a share in the land. And that, that share in the land was so important. It stayed in your family. And so they had very elaborate laws concerning how those, those um different inheritances would be passed from father to son. Well, obviously this situation where you have a woman who's married to seven brothers, that makes it very complicated. Pharisees are almost making fun of their own faith. And they bring this up as a problem for the resurrection because the Sadducees and Pharisees had very different views. The Pharisees did believe in the resurrection. And so what they're trying to do here is they're trying to argue with Jesus and make him take sides. Listen, Jesus didn't come to take sides. I think it was Tony Evans that said it this way first. He didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. And that's the, that's the message of the gospel. But here we see how people can argue and fuss and fight. And we see the conjectures of man taking over. I'm here to say to you today, if you're not a believer in Christ, I'm not here to argue with you. But I am asking you to open your heart and mind to faith to the fact that, that, that scientists can't explain everything. We're so thankful for scientists who are right now trying to come up with a, a cure for COVID-19. I'm so thankful for those who are investing their lives in trying to make this world a better place. I really appreciate that. But I also know that it takes something more powerful than, than facts to make our hearts glad. That's the mystery. There is a, a love in this world that we know we can experience somewhat between uh, a husband and wife, between parent and child, between friends. There's this thing called love. How do we explain that scientifically? But here, the Sadducees kind of miss it. They are only trying to, to trip Jesus up, I believe. Listen. I believe that, that this story should not make us upset with those who do not believe, but, but give us a, a sympathy for one another because sometimes we, we, we just don't get it. Now, I believe this. I believe that our hearts long for something outside of this world. I think down deep, every single person is wanting something more than this world contains. And I believe that's how God pulls us along toward faith and gets us to that place where we can truly experience him. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, if we have a longing for another world in our heart, then that means there's another world. There's something more beyond. And today, I wanna challenge you to think about the mystery of life and the mystery of the gospel and realize 
that what the scriptures promise us is that when we die, we will not be getting rid of this body. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter five that we'll actually be putting on the clothes of resurrection life. Can I fully understand this? Can I fully describe it to you? No, the Sadducees couldn't either. They couldn't describe it, therefore they couldn't believe it. But I believe that Jesus rose again and that is the proof that his power is real. All the things Jesus said, all the things that were beyond comprehension of just the, the mortal mind become so true and so powerful because he rose again. Life is mystery. You're not going to be able to figure out every single thing in this world, but I'll tell you this, you can embrace Jesus and your life will be changed. But so often when we talk about a doctrine like the resurrection, we think about going to heaven. We think about the, the hope we have in the face of death. All things that I've already talked about. But let me also share with you that the doctrine of the resurrection, the God of the living that we're learning about here today, he helps us not just embrace mystery, but to embrace life. Our second point this morning is this. Christianity is livable. Christianity is livable. The doctrine of the resurrection is about life, how we can make a difference in this world. Take a look at the text with me, verse 24. Is not this the reason, Jesus said, that you are wrong? Now, when Jesus says you're wrong, you better listen. He says, here's why you're wrong, because you, you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And let's talk about what Jesus means when he says that you don't know the scriptures. He's talking to the Sadducees and my guess is they knew the Bible better than most people in America today. They knew the Bible well. They really focused though on the books of Moses. Now that becomes very important here in just a moment. So just put that on the shelf for just a moment. But they believed in the, in the Torah, the law. They were serious about that. But they believed that the, the Torah did not teach resurrection life. They didn't believe that. That's why they're arguing with Jesus. That's why they're, they're, they're trying to pick a theological fight with him. But I want you to see there that Jesus says, you don't know the scriptures. You see, I believe the Bible isn't just a, a, a book of history or a collection of laws and do's and don'ts. I believe the Bible is a book that helps us live the life that God wants us to live. Christianity has a powerful message about our souls, yes, but it also has a powerful ethic, a powerful message about how we can live our lives in such a way that the world will never be the same again. God wants the church to have the hope of resurrection so that we don't worry about death anymore but we begin to live life as God wants us to live the church needs to be alive in the world today filled with the power of the Holy Spirit making a difference for people how can we do that well it's when we take the scriptures when we hide God's word in our heart then we will not sin but even better positively stated, we can live lives that shake up the world. The Easter message, friends, is radical. It tells us that we can live out the word of God. You cannot live out the word of God in your own strength, but when the spirit of God comes in inside of your heart, you can. And I believe that Christianity is a livable religion. It's a, it's a livable faith. It's something that can change the equation totally. 
I think one of our big problems, church, is that we spend a lot of time arguing about theological minutia when what we need to do is focus on the solid doctrines of our faith. We spend too much time guessing at what we can never know. And we spend too little time learning about what the scriptures plainly teach us. That verse 24 tells us that's what the Sadducees had done. They were spending their time, spinning their wills, talking about things that they didn't understand, but they missed the gospel. And I wonder about how many people who come to church every Sunday and they wanna, they wanna hear a message that makes them feel good. They wanna walk out of here walking on cloud nine. But what they need to hear is the gospel message that we are sinners in need of a holy God who rescued us on the cross. And that his blood was spilled so that we could be saved. Hear me, hear me well. This is the Christian message. It's negative in the sense that it reminds us that we are sinners, but it's positive in the sense that it tells us that we can be saved because Jesus has come. He can give us the ability to live new lives in his name. You see, that's what I mean when I say Christianity is a livable faith. Jesus gave us the words of life. John 6, 68. Jesus clearly believes in the power of resurrection and he is gonna talk with these men and he's gonna straighten them out. The Sadducees are wrong and he's gonna tell them where they're wrong. But notice when he says you don't know the scriptures, what he's saying is you don't know how to live because you haven't surrendered your heart to me and to my word. Jesus' power was that he was obedient to the word of God. He was able to faithfully live out the word of God. And I believe that you and I, if we will surrender our hearts to Jesus and we will trust in him, he will then be able to help us live for him. We need people who are not just Christians in name only, but who are living the gospel whose lives have been transformed and turned upside down by the love of Jesus. That's what the church needs. That's what you need. That's what I need. The whole world needs to see a church on fire and filled with life. You see, death is due to sin, but life is in Christ. Some people talk about, some preachers even talk about the best life you can live. But I'm gonna tell you, the best life you can live is based on these two simple declarations. You are a sinner, but God has saved you and brings life in his name. You see, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. I want you to hear that. You see, what Paul says is, yeah, I'm gonna go to heaven. Yeah, I have the hope of eternal life and I can please God with my eternal worship, but I also believe that I can please him with my ministry and my life. Christianity is a great mystery, but it's also a livable truth. It will change the way you interact with your, with your spouse. It'll change the way you interact with your children. It'll change the way you interact with those you work with. It'll, it'll literally change even how you interact with strangers. Christianity, when we apply the scriptures to our lives, it's a game changer. In the eternal sense of the word, we will never be the same. We have a faith that is mystery. We have a faith that is livable and we also have a faith that has great power. Now listen to this, resurrection promises, the doctrine of the resurrection promises a transformed body in the next world, yes, but a transformed life in this world. Friend, think about that. You can be transformed by the power of God. 
That's what we're talking about. Now, let's, let's talk about that power for just a moment. Death had no equal in this world until God intervened through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Remember earlier I said that the Sadducees seem to have the last word when we go to a funeral. People like the Sadducees. It looks like all of the evidence is on death's side. When we are saying goodbye to someone we love, and that may have been somewhat reasonable or true before the resurrection, before we had the hope of resurrection, what the Sadducees are saying makes a lot of sense because death just has a finality about it. But by Jesus being raised from the dead, the the Easter story is that death doesn't have the last word, that life, the God of the living has the last word. Now notice again verse 24, Jesus says to the Sadducees, you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And then he goes on to quote from the Old Testament. Notice what he does. He says, you don't know what you're talking about. First of all, because they neither marry nor are given in marriage. They're going to be like the angels. In other words, he says, you're trying to put this world's thoughts into the next world. He says, that's wrong. Listen, I could get up here and try to preach on heaven for an hour and I couldn't scratch the surface or help you understand it any better because it's so far beyond the words that I can use. When I read uh, St. John in the book of Revelation and him trying to describe even New Jerusalem, you can tell he's grasping for words. It's bigger than we can imagine. So I'm not going to try to do that. But what I can do today is say this, look at what Jesus does. He goes back to Exodus chapter three and he says, you know that, that story that everybody knows, any, any good Hebrew person would have known the story of, of, uh, of Moses and, and him being there at the burning bush. He says, you know, what does God say when he speaks to Moses? He says, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now then he says, hey, by the way, this God that you say you believe in from these first five books of the Bible, is he the God of the living or the God of the dead. Now, here's what I like to think. Back in those days, if they would have had a mic, a microphone, it would have been a mic drop moment. Boom. Because Jesus has just in the most simple way undercut the Sadducees' argument. They wanna talk about God. They wanna say that they're good people. But when it comes to a verse like this, if the resurrection isn't real, then what they're gonna have to say is, is that when people die, they're dead forever. And that then that makes God the God of the dead, not of the living. He has them and he has us. This should capture your heart. When we see death in this world, when we see disease, when we see all the disasters that can come in this world, it's easy to say there is no God, but I'm here to tell you he is the God of the living. He is able to overcome these things when when he begins to work. He works here uh, through this first Easter and the resurrection, but he also wants to work today in your heart. He wants to change everything. It is, is Peter who says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Those who truly believe in Jesus, as Peter did, understand that the God of life is who we serve. Romans 6, 1 through 5 reminds us that when we are buried with Christ in baptism, we are raised in newness of life. It is that new life that Easter proclaims to all the world. Eternal life is in the name of Jesus. The patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were not abandoned in death and neither will you be. God has told us that he will hold us in his hands, that we have his saving power rescuing us. I love this. Verse 27, remember this. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You see, the one thing about that though, 
is that he is not just the God of the living, but he is the judge of all. The scriptures tell us that he will come and judge the living and the dead. We are told in in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus is power and we will all be held accountable to him. Friends, I just want to say this to you. I believe that God is trying to get our attention. He's doing it now in a very unusual way. I know there is mystery in this world, but I want you to believe in the mystery of the gospel and to trust the radical message of Jesus. I want you then to to ask God to give you the strength that can only come from above to live the gospel. And only then can you have the power of the gospel. Richard Baxter, a, a pastor, a faithful minister in England many, many years ago, he encouraged his parishioners by saying, never look at the grave but see the resurrection beyond it. The church has the ability to look beyond the grave and to see the resurrection because Jesus is alive. He is the God of the living. As I studied this passage, as I've thought about the resurrection, I came to this conclusion. The resurrection of Jesus is a powerful doctrine. The moment you were saved, if you're a Christian and a believer, Jesus came and took up residence in your heart. When you are raised to new life and the power of the resurrection, what that means is, is that you, your, your body, physical body is made eternal. And so think of it this way, resurrection power makes eternal the body that held the eternal one. This body, this, this body will be raised to new life. That is the power of the resurrection. Let me just finish by reminding you of what we've talked about this morning and pray that these truths will grab your attention, but better yet, will grab your heart. Number one, remember that Christianity is a radical faith. No exceptions to that rule. The resurrection, the doctrine thereof, is not something that you can just dismiss. It is a, it is a great mystery that you have to embrace. Can the scientific mind explain how a dead man three days later raises to to new life? No, but by faith, we can believe that God did that for our sake. The second thing I want you to realize is, is you have a livable faith that provides practical guidance for a life of peace and joy. And let me say this, if you're living the gospel, you need to be persuading others that Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. A livable faith needs to be lived out with a gospel witness. That's what we are called to do. And third, listen to this. You have a powerful faith that can help you overcome the challenges of this world and can can ultimately propel you into heaven. Now, I wanna ask you this. What are you trusting in? What is your life wrapped up in? Are you... Are you safe and secure in the knowledge that one day you will die? We all know that death is coming. Even when we put that in the very back of our minds, we know it's coming. Is your heart and soul ready for that moment? We need to ask if we have this measure of faith because it is only this faith that can give us hope in this world. And I believe on this Easter Sunday, Easter 2020, The God of the living is reaching out to you and he is telling you, embrace the mystery by faith. Live for me and know the power that I have to share with you. 
Will you receive that power right now? You do so by trusting that the cross of Jesus Christ pays for your sins and that the life of Jesus as he rose again gives you new life. Believe in the God of the living. Will you right now bow your head as we pray and we'll ask God to begin to reveal to you. And this is a, a mystery, it truly is. This is a glorious mystery as God is saying to your heart right now, I'm alive, I am real, and I want you to be my child. Will you receive that? Thanks for listening. For additional resources, to learn more about us or get connected, visit ridgecrestbaptist.org.